Hi everyone, it's Melissa Pemberton here, host of Mending Families, where we will talk all things parenting, trauma, and healing. Hey everyone, it is another Mondays with Melissa. I had Robin Goebel on the podcast last week and it's... I probably should have put it into two separate episodes, but um, so I apologize that it was so long, but it was so good. And I even said at the end that I really did feel like I was sitting there in a parent coaching session with her. um, And I would love to be able to just talk to her some more, um, but I'll probably have to pay for that service, right? To do that. (laughs) Anyway, I hope that you listen to it. If you didn't go back and listen to it, it is a little bit longer. So you might have to have to listen to it over a few times or a few sittings or a few drives, um, but it'll be worth it. And I have since listened to it now twice since I um, posted it and I just get something out of it every single time. And she is just, just explains things in such an easy way. So one of the things that we talked about very briefly was rupture and repair. And so Um, I am going to talk about that today and the importance of repairing after a rupture. Um, so, you know, I think that we all, at least I know for myself and a lot of the people that I'm around, we were raised in the time where, and don't get me wrong, our parents did the best that they could with what they had, but we just know so much more now. And so a lot of us were raised in households where kids were to be seen and not heard. They obey right away. Um, You know, you, if you're asked to do something, you do it without complaining. You have a happy heart. You, you know, it just, um, and it's this idea that you're a good parent if you have kids who fall in line and are little robots, essentially. That was pretty harsh that I just said that, but that's how I feel inside my heart. And so maybe a kinder way to say that would be, you're a good parent if you have kids who don't talk back and do what you want them to do right away and never complain about their dinner and never complain about bedtime and take their baths like they're supposed to every single time without any issues and um, just all of that, right? Which does sound like little robots. Anyway, so cool, I guess. But I don't really think so. I think that what we know now about trauma, about the brain, about connection and attachment shows us that good parents are parents who are willing to listen to their kids and to really get on their kids' level and allow their kids to feel seen, heard, and valued. And also admit when they're wrong and also be okay apologizing and also be able to say, you know what? That was my bad. I actually did that wrong. Can I try that again? Um, Mutual respect, being able to have that with your children. Um, So part of with that is rupture and repair. So of course, in relationship, there's going to be rupture, which you know, is, is in my mind, when I hear rupture, what I'm thinking is like, you ask your child to go put their shoes on and you come back five minutes later, they still don't have their shoes on and on and on and on. This results in this yelling match between you and your child. Somebody ends up in tears. 
there's a big explosion, right? Whether it's you or your child, somebody is, it, it's a conflict, right? But it's more than just a conflict because it's an explosion. So that is what I think of when I think of rupture, but it also can be smaller. Like, you know, the way that my child is looking at me makes me feel a certain way. And so then I, you know, call them on it and it, whether they obey or not, or whether they respond appropriately or not, that is a rupture, right? When there is just a difficulty in a relationship that causes both people in the relationship to not feel great. So that's going to happen in every relationship. We cannot prevent that from happening. That actually has to happen. Rupture has to happen so that our bodies and brains can learn what to do in those moments when we're with people that we feel safe with. So when we are parenting our kids, we need to be mindful of what the repair process looks like. And no, it's not just tell your mom you're sorry. Sorry, mom. Or tell Johnny you're sorry. Or, hey, I'm sorry that I yelled that you, you know, gave me a look. And so that's just how it happens. That's not repair. That is just words of saying sorry, but that doesn't really involve repair. So I'm going to give you four things to think about when we are talking about repair. The first thing is mindfulness. So we want to be mindful of our tone. We mind, We want to be mindful of my nonverbals. So what are my eyes saying? What is my body language saying? Um, what is the vibe I'm sending off, right? I want to be mindful of what my expectations were or are and really think about how that is, right? Mindful of myself. So the first step in repair is being mindful of what I'm doing and what I have brought to the table, what I have brought to this situation, what I have brought to this conflict. Notice that the first step is not looking at my kid and what they did wrong and what their behavior was and how disrespectful they were. The first step is being mindful of myself. Okay. The minute that I realize I raised my voice, the minute I realize that I may have done or said something that felt shameful to my child, then I need to stop immediately and apologize. So the only way I can stop immediately is if I first am mindful of what I'm doing with my face, my nonverbals, my tone, um, my expectations, all of that. Okay. So then number two is apologize. And again, this is not an apology of, I'm sorry that your feelings were hurt. Or I'm sorry that you misunderstood me. You're saying I'm sorry, but your apology does not mean that you are sorry. Because what you're saying is you would not have done that had your child not misunderstood you or said those words or gave you that look. You're placing the blame on your child. So an apology looks like um, I'm sorry that I raised my voice. Nobody should ever treat you that way. I am sorry that I flipped my lid and I called you a brat. You should never let anyone call you names. That is a hurt, right? Those are those are apologies. It's recognizing what we did wrong, admitting it, and acknowledging to our children that they deserve to have different, okay? So then the third thing is a growth mindset. Being willing to not only recognize when we're doing these things, but then step into how do I do better? Do I need to go start seeing a therapist? 
If this has become a pattern of me yelling at my kids, snapping at them, losing my cool, maybe I need to go see someone. Do I need to hire a parent coach like Melissa Um, or Robin Goble because she's amazing? Do I need to ask my support system to help me through this and maybe take off some of the load off my shoulders? Do I need to just talk to my spouse and say, hey, I'm really struggling. I need help right now. I need to be able to admit that if this has become a pattern, that I have to be able to grow and do better for my kids. So that's where it starts again with the mindfulness, the apology, the growth mindset. Part of the growth mindset though, is also telling your kids, hey, I just yelled at you. That's not okay. I'm sorry I did that. I'm I'm going to talk to my therapist about that this week, or I'm going to talk to my parent coach about that this week, or, you know, I'm going to work really hard at focusing on mindfulness and meditation in my morning so that I can do better for you. Or I'm going to work really hard at catching myself so that I can take my deep breaths and calm down so that I don't yell at you because that's not fair to you. Right. So I'm acknowledging to my child what I am trying to do to do better. And that feels really hard. Why does that feel hard? It feels hard because we have been taught in culture and society that parents are the ultimate authority. And for us to admit that we're wrong or that we're weak or that we don't know how to do something on our own shows our kids that maybe we aren't the ultimate authority. Let's throw that out the window. That's just old, old ways of thinking. It's okay for our kids to see that we struggle and that we need help and that we're brave enough to, brave enough to step into a place that might feel hard so that we can grow and do better and be better. And that's what that does for them. So let's normalize learning and growing and therapy and parent coaching and all getting help from people. Let's normalize that for our kids so that they can just see like that's part of the journey. That's part of being in relationship. That's part of life. Okay. Step number four for our repair is to ask for a redo. So we have seen this done with parents with kids saying, oh, can you try that again? Can you try that again with respect? Or let's walk through that again, or let's do a redo. What would it look like for you to ask your kiddo if you can have a redo? Can I mean, just think about that. The first time you do that, it's going to throw your kids off. They're going to be like, huh, what? I remember the first time that I asked my kids if I could have a redo, they thought I was talking about them. And they were like, wait, I, what did I, what do I need to redo? Oh, no, 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 honey. Mama needs a redo. You were fine, right? It catches our kids off guard because they're not used to it initially if it's not something that we normally do. But now it's something that in our home I normally will do. I'll say, hey, that wasn't cool. I should not have yelled. I was super stressed. That caught me off guard. I was overwhelmed, whatever it is. And that didn't make it okay, but that's why it happened. And and I was wrong. And I should not have yelled at you. I should not have flipped my lid. I should not have, um, you know, whatever it is told you that it was your fault that we were late. I should not have done that. And that was wrong. So can I have a redo? And then we try it again. So this is what that redo might look like. Oof. I'm feeling a little bit stressed. I'm going to slow down and take a deep breath. Okay, buddy, we're running a little bit late. 
Can you please put your shoes on? Do you want my help? How can I help you get this done? Because we're running a little bit late and it's making mama feel a little, right? I get silly with it, but there's my redo. They visually saw me take a deep breath. They heard me say why I was needing to take that deep breath because I'm running a little bit late. It's making me feel a little, right? That makes it silly. I'm willing to step into it and say, can I help you do what I'm asking you to do? I'm not just ordering you around. And so I provide that redo. We try again. We model second chances. We model for them what it is to apologize, what it is to have a growth mindset, what it is to be mindful, and what it is to ask for a redo so that they will be more comfortable doing that themselves. So we're teaching them how to be in relationship in a healthy way. We're teaching them that when there's conflict and a rupture, we don't just run away. We don't just leave the room. We don't just shut someone out. We don't fight and then ignore it. We don't sweep it under the rug. We hit it head on and we repair. So there's my four tips on how to repair after a rupture. If you have any questions or any thoughts, um, please always feel free to email me, melissa at mendingfamilieswa.com. Check me out on Instagram. You can shoot me DMs on there as well. And um, one last thing I want to make sure you know about is I do have a new service I'm working on. And if you want to be the first to know about it, you need to subscribe to my um, emails that I send out probably twice a month. It's about twice a month with just little fun tips, tricks. Sometimes I send like my favorite recipe, fun, my favorite things I buy on Amazon. It can be all sorts of different things, but they're the emails are intended to help you grow as a parent and as a person in some capacity. And so if you subscribe to my emails that I send out, you will be one of the first to know about this new service that I am putting together and will be launching sometime this fall. Um, and so to subscribe to my newsletter, you just go to my website, www.mendingfamilieswa.com and scroll down just a tiny bit and you will see a subscribe button there. Uh, you can also, if you're on Instagram, you can click the link in my bio and it'll take you to the a, a page that has just all of the different stuff that I have, including how to subscribe to my emails. So I just want to make sure that I let you know about that. And then next week I have... Um, Dr. Laura Anderson on the podcast, and she is going to be talking to us about religious, religious trauma. And it was such a good conversation, you guys. And I think that if you have experienced any kind of hurt or harm or, um, pain from a religious organization or from an individual who is claiming to be religious, this episode would be for you because we do know that trauma is not just in parent-child relationships. Trauma can be in so many places, relational trauma. And we talk about that. Dr. Laura and I talk about that next week. So come back next week, listen to that episode. I'm excited for you guys to hear. She does have a book coming out soon and we'll talk about that as well. So um, yeah. I hope that you all come back, grab your pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks, or if you're like me, your refresher, and let's go for a walk or just sit on the couch together and have a uh, listen to my conversation with Dr. Laura Anderson. All right, you guys have a great week. I will see you all next week. I'm so excited that you found this podcast and I hope you join me every week as you go through your own journey towards healing. 
One thing I truly believe in is that trauma awareness is so important to our future generations. And it starts with you. Oh, 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 oh